we're going to take the full time that we have to evaluate and you know make sure that we make the right decision on who our quarterback's going to be. Um, Cap has started throwing again. He'll throw again today, and you know our plan is to try to build him up this week and see if we can play him on uh, Friday. We haven't talked about anything. We have no idea. I mean, Blaine could roll his ankle on Thursday and Cap could get hit by a car and then we have another conversation. <laughs> we always wait to the end of the week, find out what's available to us, and then we'll put our plan together in terms of who it is. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thanks for joining us. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show. I am Brian Peacock. Over there is Nick Winkler. What's happening, man? Hey, not a whole lot. I, I kind of getting sick of all these coaches just just nonchalantly throwing out injuries. I know Jim O'Neill, I think, did something <laughs> the same about, oh, well, if Navarro Bowman gets hurt, blah, blah. It's like, whoa, come on, guys. Yeah, it's the knock on wood situation, right? You're supposed yeah. to say break a leg. Well, actually, maybe that's the break a leg of it. Oh. If you talk about the injury, then if you talk about how, oh, I'm worried, I don't want any guys to get hurt, then that's when the injuries happen. Okay, so maybe just that is the philosophy. I, I don't know. I, I don't like hearing it, though. Yeah. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Follow us. Subscribe on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. Give us a review. That always helps. Uh, you can reach us by phone. If you want to leave us a message or a text, 415-858-0094 or email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. We always love hearing from everybody. And follow us on the Instagram, goldfaithfulpodcast. So, Two games down, two to go. Oh, I know. Yeah, we're halfway there. We're living on a prayer, Bon Jovi <laughs> style. I'm pumped for this game because this is supposed to be the dress rehearsal, but I think the 49ers of all teams in the NFL have the most, I think the most movement as far as roster and depth chart. Still, yeah, most re- teams are ready to go. I couldn't agree with you go. more, especially you know, at the quarterback position, Kaepernick back to throwing now. Do you think he gets the start on Friday night? I, I will say this, a little teaser. I have the answer to who's going to be the starter. And I think Cap is going to get the first half start in this game. He's going to play the entire first half. Wow. And I'm going to tease the other part of that because I do want to say Matt Barrows is going to join us. And I'm going to ask him if he thinks I'm right about my um, my guess as to who's the starter. I think it's already set. I mean, in my mind, it's done. Competition over. It has to be, right? I mean, Gabbert's got the start in the first two games. And if they want this to truly be an equal competition, then then you, you need to give Gabbert. Kaepernick at least one start with the first team uh you know running backs wide receivers and and offensive line I mean whoa let's get into that for a second okay so let's Anthony start there Davis, it all starts up front yeah and Anthony Davis is out there at right guard you got Garnett working with the ones at left guard I mean I, I'm really liking where this O-line is headed I like it I think they have a legit top five starters there and it goes pretty deep seven or eight guys that uh, you know seven that you really don't mind starting and getting a lot of action so that is a great thing, and put the best five out there and let them play. Um, and I have a question about who's going to be that backup center because right now it's Marcus Martin, and if all these other guys are going to make the roster and two rookies and Marcus Martin, then who's going to get the, the axe there? I mean, are they yeah. going to cut? They're not going to cut the guy they just signed to a three-year deal. Wow. Yeah, I you mean, know? that's probably the guy, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he's taking some some center work on the right. side there, especially if he's going to be the backup. That's, I mean, that's exactly the way. what I'm getting at. And I didn't see anything yeah. about anybody else playing center. Tiller or a Beatles would be the logical choice just because he's the veteran and probably is heady enough to be able to make that switch inside and, and be a backup center. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll see if Matt Barrows saw any of that from practice and see, saw anybody else working in at center because otherwise you have to keep Marcus Martin. And he would have been one of the easiest guys to let go if you have somebody else that could be the backup center. 
Yeah, I can't imagine that they would keep him just for that when you've got such talented guys, you know, like Beatles and Tiller who who are looking like backups right now. You know, you, you get those guys, you know, a ball in their hand to see what they can do. You get them out there, you know, well, over you gotta and get, over and over. You got to get them going for two games worth of practice. You're not, I mean, the center quarterback exchange, you're not just going to throw somebody out there. I mean, you're one injury, you're one play away from the backup center being in. And if you have nobody to back up Kilgore, that's a huge problem. So they've got to have somebody who they're really confident playing a long stretch at center. On the roster. Oh, you know, I'm looking right here. Cam Inman did say towards the end of practice, left guard Zane Beatles was getting some work at center. So, oh, there you go. on the side or in teamwork? Uh, it just says some work. So, okay. who knows what that actually means? We'll confirm that with Barrows. I'm sure he's all over that situation. Kilgore, too. I mean, you know, he doesn't have the best track record of staying healthy. So, there, yeah, there's exactly. that. Exactly. Right. And it is football. So, um, as you heard, right. you know, not only can you get hurt on the field, but you get hit by a car. And you cut your finger while it. you're trying to take <laughs> right? dirt out of your cleats. That yeah, you can do that. Uh, so <laughs> many things can happen. So let's see where where are we at. So offensive line is going to be interesting, and and we might have complete new starters from what we saw last week. I mean, I don't know about day one. I mean, it's going to be interesting because rookies aren't typically ready from week one, play one. But Carnett, you traded up into the first round, and I would not be surprised if he's getting the start at left guard. But it wouldn't surprise me if Beatles is there either. But aside from that matchup, Staley, obviously, if you've got Trent Brown, which, I mean, Trent Brown's the big winner of this whole offseason, right? Yeah, most definitely. Because I mean, that guy's huge. He wasn't even, and Pierce was the other guy that was starting at right tackle at the beginning of the OTAs and in the spring stuff. And now, and Anthony Davis comes back and he, he weathers that storm and he's still the starter and you move Anthony Davis to right guard instead. So that says a lot about him. Then you have Davis at right guard, Kilgore at center. I mean, that's a really solid starting five. And that makes me very happy. Yeah, I mean, especially if if Davis can figure out the transition to guard. I mean, what a huge right side of the offensive line. Ooh. Right. And it's pretty nasty on the left side as well. I mean, that, <laughs> no you know, doubt. I am worried about Josh Garnett as a pass blocker. I'm not worried about him at all as a run blocker. So that's the one thing if, you know, when, when, you, when the bullets start to fly and he's on the left side and he's facing some really like the Aaron Donalds of the world, although although Donald would probably be facing up against the right guard possibly. I right. don't know how much they move him around, but usually he's on the, the left side of that defensive line. And he's that's going to be a huge test in week one right there uh, with Aaron Donald. But uh, just facing legit pass rushers all game long, that's the first thing I'm going to look for with uh, with Garnett when he gets an extended run. Yeah, and, and hopefully we'll get a, a nice look at it on Friday night. You know, it. it this is the this is the driver run. You know, this is the dress rehearsal. This is when they, they should be out there for a full half, maybe even play into the third quarter. And you'd like to see Davis and Garnett running out there. And, and maybe they don't get the start. You mentioned it. You know, maybe maybe they slowly get worked in there. But as long as they're out there with the other number ones, I, I'm very much okay with that. So let's move outward from the offensive line wide receiver. The 49ers signed Ryan Whalen, a journeyman guy. He was a sixth-round pick out of Stanford by the Bengals in 2011, I believe. Cut by the Vikings last year at the end of camp. A uh, local guy went to Monta Vista High School here in the Bay Area in the East Bay. But uh, he, he, it's a camp body. So yeah. that's just a guy that they need someone to run routes because they've had some some people dinged up and some injuries. Um, but obvious trade targets, no Doriel Green-Beckham, obviously, which, which bummed me out a little bit. I have mentioned Marquise Lee on the show. But the Browns now are reportedly getting calls about Josh Gordon, who's going to miss four games. And it's a conditional situation for him to be reinstated after those four games as long as he doesn't screw up. But, <laughs> no guarantee of that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if the 49ers are involved there. Balky has had interest in the past. Adam Schefter reported a while back that the Browns' uh, ownership, Jimmy Haslam, shut down a trade that 
uh, in 2014 that would have sent Gordon to the Niners for a second-round draft pick and running back Kendall Hunter at the time. So that's very interesting. Uh, if his name is there, I mean, he's somebody that talent-wise, that's never been a question. No, that guy is one of the top receivers in the league when he's on the field. If he can keep himself out of trouble, I would have zero problem with the 49ers bringing in someone like that. I mean, there's just nothing really to be excited about right now with the wide receiving core. I mean, yeah, yeah there's the the hope of Bruce Ellington and can Torrey Smith return to, to what he's been in the past. But you bring in a guy like Josh Gordon and that's immediately eyes perked up. Oh, oh, right. Wait. What's, what's this? And the thing is, the reason I think it's not going to happen is because I don't think the cost will come anywhere near matching what his talent level is because he's one, you know, he's one doobie. He's one beer away from that's the end and he's shut down forever. So plus it's been a while since he's been a top receiver. I mean, he, you know, he didn't play all last year. He wasn't even he even play most of 2014, right? It was 2013 right. when he had his huge season. Yeah. And he missed a couple games the year he had the huge season too. So yeah, he was the first two games. He I was think out. he's played less than half of the games over his career since he's been in the league, half the games that have happened in the NFL, he hasn't been eligible to play. So I saw the number earlier on Twitter. I can't remember what it is, but I mean, there's obviously that's the concern. So that's why he would come so cheap. So I think at his price, he has to be a great buy. And that's why I think the Browns are probably just like, you know what? We weathered this whole thing. Yeah. Let's just roll with Gordon and see see how he looks. Plus, RG3 didn't look half bad in their last game, too. Maybe they they have uh, thoughts of taking that next step uh, with that offense. And He's always there are some other weapons there as well. So who knows? RG3 has always been able to throw a deep ball, really pretty deep ball with touch. I mean, that's from back to his Baylor days. So that's not surprising. And seeing Trell Pryor out there, who's just huge and fast <laughs> running. I mean, it looks like, you know, it looks like a high school. It looks like a high school game with RG3 dropping back and just chucking a deep ball to just this guy who's way bigger and faster than the guy that's covering him, catching these deep passes. That'll it sounds like a great plan on paper. Hey, throw it to the taller and faster guy. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to throw one more name out there since this has been not my new thing. Okay. Um, Cordero Patterson. Oh, once touted, you know, young receiver right. in Minnesota. Oh, I like it. Balky loves to collect his former first round draft picks. Um, he would inject some athleticism into the receiving core, you know, catch and run type of receiver, return man. Uh, you know, he's kind of buried on the Vikings depth chart. They just drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round. So he's probably not one of the first four options there. So good chance he'd be available if you made that phone call for not a lot. Yeah, I like where your head's at. You, <laughs> after the cuts come, it's going to be really interesting to see who's out there and, and who the, the 49ers go after. Because, yeah, like you said, you know, Waylon is not the answer there at wide receiver. He's just a guy to, that can run some routes in practice. We're going to have to get uh, Matt Barrows on here in just a second. So before that, I do want to reveal, because the competition is over at quarterback in my mind, and I think it's Kaepernick. Yeah. I think it's already done because I think we have seen – what Blaine Gabbard is, which is a backup NFL quarterback. And I'm going to say that a healthy Kaepernick at his worst still does what Gabbard does at his worst, but at his best, he can actually make some serious plays. And I think he's going to get the first half of action. I think it's going to be clear that he's somebody that sparks the offense and Gabbard is a backup and you have to just roll the dice with, with Kaepernick and you roll know, the I, dice with his arm strength and his athleticism. And I think... And this is in my mind, obviously. I don't know if it's really, really done. And I don't think, I don't know if uh, if Chip Kelly feels the way I feel because there's a lot of stuff that happens that we don't see behind the scenes and, and work ethic and, and knowing the playbook and everything. But Kaepernick is the only option if you're trying to, if you're trying to have an above average quarterback because Gabbard is just not that. He's a backup quarterback. And that's the way I feel about it. And I think what I've seen so far makes me believe Cap 
is going to be the starter for the 49ers this season, starting with week one. I, I, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, you, you hear what the, the offensive coaches and, and even Chip Kelly say, you know, we're we're happy with, with what Gabbert's doing out there. You know, no interceptions. He's, he's running. He's very efficient. He's, you know, he's not forcing the ball downfield. Well, I mean, you know, Kaepernick didn't do a whole lot of that last year either. You know, he, his interception total was extremely low as well. He, he was just ineffective in other ways. But you're, you're totally right about that spark. Kaepernick has it. You know, he breaks off one 25-yard run. And he's like, oh, okay, we're right back in this game. You know, it, it just he, – he has that that feel of, of championship. It's because we've seen it. We've seen it from him before. He's taken the 49ers to that next level and it's not like a whole lot's gone on. Sure, the, the dude had three offseason surgeries, but if he's healthy and, and the offensive line is much improved over last season, which won't be hard to do, I, I man, I, I would have a hard time arguing with what you're saying. Yes, and the, the other thing is that if Gabbert can't hit short passes with Ugh. a high percentage of accuracy, that's the big downfall with, with Kaepernick is – short passing, quick decisions. So if Gabbard's not hitting those passes, at least Cap has shown he can throw that fastball in the intermediate range and throw the ball past the sticks. And Gabbard hasn't shown that either. No, he, he really hasn't. And you and I texted a little bit uh, during the game back on Saturday. And just if, if you can't throw the ball to your running back, I mean, come on, that that's, should be the easiest pass in all of football. And, and he, you know, he missed on a couple early and, and he missed on a couple early last week as well. And it, it, there's just nothing exciting about Blaine Gabbert. And after last season, right now, I, I want exciting. I want something that's going to make me want to watch. And last season, after, you know, a few weeks of football, it, it was tough to watch. I totally agree. Let's see if Matt Barrows agrees. All right, he's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Barrows. Matt, we've been talking about it. We want to get your opinion. My my uh, co-host here, Brian, thinks it's, it's said and done, that he thinks – if Colin Kaepernick stays healthy, that he is the starting quarterback going forward, what are your thoughts? Oh, starting from, from week one, that's a uh, bold statement considering everything that's happened. Um, I think that he will start a game this season, at least a game. Um, but I think that Blaine Gabbert will be the week one starter. Um, uh, I think Gabbert has just done everything that, that Chip Kelly w- wants him to do, wanted him to do. He's been there since, uh, you know, April 4, since the offseason program began. And uh, I think these last few games, not spectacular, but they've, they've shown, they've proven to Chip Kelly that this guy can run his offense. And uh, when it gets going, it, it looks good. Now, it needs to get going more quickly than it has. Um, it's, it's taken Gabbert and company the, uh, the third series to really uh, start moving. But, you know, that's what, you know, once it starts moving – it's, it has a snowball effect, or at least the theory is that it would. And, and so I, I think that um, uh, Chip Kelly has been pleased with everything. Um, and, and frankly, Colin Kaepernick just has not been able to uh, provide the proof that Blaine Gabbert has to this point. Now, will he, you know, against Green Bay? He's been Packer poison um, in, in previous years. So uh, maybe he does something that's so splashy that – Chip Kelly um, has no choice but to put him in. But to this point, I think all the evidence is in Blaine Gabbert's uh, corner. So, Matt, here's my argument on the other side, and I totally understand where you're coming from with that, and I think that's that's where I was at two weeks ago. But don't you think Chip Kelly might have seen what I've seen from Gabbert, and that's that for all his you know strengths, he's just a, a backup quarterback in the NFL. And that Kaepernick has the ability to be more than that. 
And if he's given the first half or extended run in one of these preseason games, don't you think he'll prove that? And it'll be painfully obvious to not only the fan base, but to Chip, and he'll have no choice to put Cap in there? Well, if that happens, then then yes. I mean, if it's just an explosion of offense, and if this thing hums right from the beginning, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a, that's a good conclusion. I, I I certainly understand what you're saying, uh, and I've been thinking that for a while. I mean, uh, Chip Kelly is obviously curious about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, there were rampant rumors, um, and, and according to my sources, Chip Kelly, you know, was was um, was interested in Colin Kaepernick. Last year, when Kelly was the coach of the Eagles, now Kelly, you know, danced around that question at his opening press conference, and it hasn't been brought up since. But you know, there's obvious interest there. If if anybody was clamoring for Colin Kaepernick in this organization over the winter, when when things were um, alienated uh, between uh, estranged, rather between the two sides, it was Colin. It was Chip Kelly. It wasn't certainly wasn't Trent Baalke. It certainly wasn't Jed York. It was uh, it was Chip Kelly who wanted to see what what Kaepernick can do. Um, you know, Blaine Gabbert. You're, I think you're right. Blaine Gabbert is is the safe pick right now. Colin Kaepernick is unknown. He, he could be a home run, or, or he might not be. And, and that's why I think at the beginning of the season it's going to be Gabbert's job, um, and then Chip Kelly can at any point bring Colin Kaepernick in if if your conclusion and I think it's a, a reasonable one is correct if he concludes that okay he's just okay um let's see what um you know a, a more aggressive guy can do uh at that spot Chip Kelly's offense it's been analyzed and uh, dissected ad nauseum at, at the heart of it it's an aggressive defense and he wants aggressive players running it and uh, you know Colin Kaepernick has shown in college in, in the playoffs early in his career in the NFL that when he gets rolling he can he can he can be that snowball he can he can steamroll teams and, and that has to appeal to Chip Kelly I totally agree and that's kind of where I'm coming from with it do you think Chip has autonomy in this do you think um, because a lot of people accused Tom Sewell of being a puppet of the ownership and Trent Baalke, and I don't see Chip Kelly being that guy. Actually, he had this to say at one point. I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. So is it, this is Chip's show, right? He's not going to get any pushback from management on on something like who the quarterback is? No, I think that's why they hired him, to uh, pick the quarterback of the future. And, um, you know, he signed for five years um, I don't know how long Trent Baalke signed for. Trent Baalke doesn't know how long Trent Baalke is signed for. If you recall his, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what my contract is from, from last year. But the, the point is that Chip Kelly is um, on, uh, on firmer ice, as it were, than Trent Baalke at this point. So I don't think Chip Kelly fears um, you know, what the GM thinks about all this. Um, you know, the, the, the question that's looming out there is that let's say that they decide that, that Blaine Gabbard is the starter to begin the season. You know, you've got this, um, this contract that Colin Kaepernick signed, and if, um, if he were to get hurt, not only is he guaranteed the money this year, that, that's already said and done, he would have a, a big guarantee for next year. So the question is if the 49ers conclude that Blaine Gabbard is their starter, whether uh, Colin Kaepernick will be, um, you know, the number two quarterback. 
So, you know, would you risk a number two quarterback getting into a game for some uh, reason and then getting that injury that requires him, you know, something along the lines of, of $15 million? And um, Trent uh, Balky was asked that the other day. Eric Branch from the San Francisco Chronicle asked, and this is his answer. Um, none of those decisions have been made yet, nor are we prepared to make those decisions one week into the preseason. We're going to evaluate each, uh, th- this team each and every week, and things are fluid. You're going to make the best decision you can at any time you make them. Right now, we want him healthy. So it was sort of a, a vacillating, you know, say-nothing answer to a very specific question. If Colin Kaepernick is the number two quarterback, will he dress on game day? Will he be active? And, and that was, that was the, uh, the answer. So it wasn't a, a ringing endorsement of Colin Kaepernick, you know, making this team and, and being on the active roster uh, throughout the season if he's not the starter. So, Matt, that's obviously the the biggest headlines there, the battle for the starting quarterback position, also gaining a, a lot of, of traction here is the offensive line battle. You got Anthony Davis. He's moved over to right guard. Uh, he's taken some first-team snaps there. You got uh, Joshua Garnett taking some some snaps at left guard. Uh, do you see that as possibly the, the starting five uh, week one? And, and maybe maybe not this Friday. Maybe Maybe they slowly work into that. But do you see that as sort of the future? I do. Uh, I think that's the future. I mean, um, I, I can't think of a, a recent example of a team drafting a guard in the first round and, and that guard not, not starting. Um, you know, and the 49ers traded it up to get uh, uh, Joshua Garnett. Um, now, he split the snaps today at, uh, at left guard with Zane Beatles. Uh, this according to Garnett. Uh, practices are no longer uh, entirely open like they were at the beginning of training camp. Um, whereas Anthony Davis got, you know, the lion's share, all but three um, first-team reps at right guard. So it seems that they're a, a little bit more, um, you know, focused on, on Davis uh, starting right now and that, that Garnett has to take that job away from Beatles on the left side. It, it may be a situation on, on, uh, on Friday against the Packers where you have an offensive line from left to right that goes Joe Staley, Zane Beatles, uh, Daniel Kilgore at center, Anthony Davis at right guard, and then Trent Brown at right tackle, and that there's some sort of um, switching, some sort of alternating at left guard between Beatles and Joshua Garnett. That'll bear monitoring, but uh, I agree. I think that's the, uh, if you're looking down the line, that's that's what uh, probably is going to be the case. I don't know if it'll be as soon as week one, but uh, at some point I think that will be the composition of the line. And, and Matt, uh, most, most teams will take seven players. They'll dress seven offensive linemen. Uh, and that being said, you usually have to have that that backup center. So Brian and I were talking, oh, who, who do we think it's going to be? And we read something from Cam Inman uh, saying that he heard that Zane Beatles was taking some some practice there. I was wondering if you could confirm that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last two days, he's taken some snaps at center, and this is a guy that um, played uh, guard almost um, uh, solely in his first six seasons in the NFL. I think he played some right tackle as well for the Broncos early on. So he's never played center. Uh, so if you're getting a guy to suddenly, in uh, you know, before the third preseason game, to get uh, a little bit acclimated to center. 
that that tells me that um, you know they're looking at him as a you know as an emergency center if that were the case. Uh, Garnett has taken zero snaps at center, has never played center. So if you're going to dress seven guys, as you said, on game day, you need one of those guys to be able to play guard and center, and one of those guys to be able to play, one of the backups be able to play tackle. So it seems as if the 49ers are at least uh, creating a, a contingency plan that if Beatles were active on game days, if he were in uniform on game days but not starting, he could be the, the guy that came in if there's an injury at center, at left guard, and at right guard. So, Matt, let's stick with the offense here. Wide receivers, it looks like the starters are locked in. Smith, Patton on the outside, Ellington in the slot. Uh, do you see six or possibly seven wide receivers making the roster, and do you think those are pretty locked in as well? I see five uh, making the roster, at least from, from the group that they have right now. I, I think that... Trent Baalke and, and his staff um, will, or if not will, then need to look at the waiver wire when, when teams start making these cuts because none of these young players has um, seized the opportunities at this point. Um, it's just, uh, you know, when, when you don't use a, uh, a top draft pick on, on wide receiver, I think it's hard to expect one of those guys to, um, you know, uh, rise to the occasion. And, and to be fair, Two of the players that uh, Trent Baalke was was hoping would do that, Eric Rogers and DeAndre Smelter, have been have been injured. Rogers for the whole season with an an ACL tear. So you know, I, I don't think that we we're talking about this today. I mean, um, you know, if the 49ers cut any of those young wide receivers, do they get picked up by any other team? I, I think that that all those guys would be safe to make the practice squad. Uh, if, if they so chose, um, you know, I, I think one of them will, will probably make the team, but I, I don't think it's going to be multiple young guys making the squad. I think that they need to look, uh, look for a veteran uh, to come in. Um, you, know, you know, if something were to happen to Torrey Smith, I don't know where this team would be. I mean, it, it's just not a lot of talent. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're seeing that in the preseason. I mean, Dre Anderson had a nice touchdown catch the other day. Um, uh, Devon Kajus had one as well, not not touchdown catch, but a long catch. But no one has, and that that's that's sort of a microcosm of uh, of what training camp has been like. There will be a nice day from one of those guys. DeAndre Campbell has one, and then you know you don't hear anything, you don't see anything from DeAndre Campbell for two or three days. Um, you know, Bryce Treggs will have a nice week and then sort of disappear, and and so on and so forth. So. Um, you know, that's where they are. I don't think that they're ready to or able to count on any of these young guys to be a, um, a starter, to be a, a contributor once the regular season begins. So you mentioned five guys. If there is a sixth and he's outside of the organization, I tore my labrum last week, patting myself on the back for predicting the Doriel Green-Beckham trade, although I was hoping the 49ers might get involved there. Um, Josh Gordon is a name that the 49ers have been uh, – Supposedly they had a trade on the table that was nixed by Brown's ownership, and now there's more rumors swirling around him. Josh Gordon, maybe another name, possibly someone they would trade for to bring in? Well, we obviously know that they liked him in the past. I mean, the 49ers and Browns were talking uh, a deal a couple of years ago, according to Adam Schefter and, and other national guys. So uh, he's on their radar. You know, Josh Gordon is suspended for the first four games, and he's a free agent at the end of this season. So... 
Um, you know, that's a, uh, I don't, I don't see that, that trade happening. I, I mean, the, the Browns will want too much. The 49ers, um, I don't think we'll, we'll be able to, uh, pony up to what, what Cleveland would demand for that, that trade. I think Josh Gordon stays exactly where he is, um, in, in Cleveland. So, um, I don't know, you know, what, what guy will be out there. I mean, um, uh, the, the the 49ers had um, you know Anquan Bolden. They they could have had him back. James Jones was was available for a while. Now he's not. Um, they were counting on one of these younger players, one of these unknowns, to like I said, seize the opportunity, and, and it just hasn't happened for one reason or another. Um, will a James Jones be available at the end of the day when when teams are cutting down to 53? Maybe. Um, there, there probably will be a, a few, you know, recognizable names available. Uh, which one of those will, will you know, kind of uh, catch Trent Baalke's eye and, and, and Chip Kelly's eye? That's the question. Hey, Matt, before we let you get out of here, got to have at least one defensive question in there. Inside linebacker, you, you mentioned the wide receivers, one of the young guys, you know, kind of seizing the opportunity. Uh, there's three guys fighting for that Will position. You got Will Hoyt, Hodges, and Armstrong. Do you, you see any of those three kind of getting close to, to seizing the possibility of starting there? Well, it, it's Armstrong's uh, turn to start a game. They, they've been an alternating series, but uh, Will Hoyt started against the Texans and then Hodges against the Broncos. Armstrong gets to start against the Packers, and th- this will be you know, the, um, yeah, the, the longest that uh, the team's starters play probably, and he'll probably get to face Aaron Rodgers in that offense. So it'll be a nice showcase for him to, to show off what he's good at. Uh, and what he's best at is, is covering um, running backs and tight ends and kind of patrolling the flat and uh, using his speed and, uh, like I said, his coverage ability. So uh, I, th- I think if he has a big game uh, coming up on Friday, uh, he, he, he's got to be considered the front runner. I mean, he's jumped out the most in these first two games. Uh, I will add a caveat to that. Um, Nick Ballore got hurt uh, uh, Saturday against the, the Broncos, and I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. It's not a uh, an ACL, so it's not a full season, but he might not be healthy to begin the season. He was the team's top backup at that Mike position, which is what Navarro Bowman plays. So uh, right now the healthy Mikes are only uh, Shane Scove and Michael Wilhoyt. Shane Scove has been with the third team defense to this point, so he's probably not in the mix to make the 53-man squad. Uh, that would mean if something were to happen to Bowman, that Michael Wilhoyt would be the only guy who has been trained, who knows how to play that position. So that that seems to suggest that while while Wilhoyt might not be the starter, uh, they uh, they need him at this point, and and probably will make the 53-man roster. You know, uh, dependent on that Nick Ballora injury. Matt, you mentioned Shane Scove. Does he have zero shot? Because to me. And I'm using my own eyeballs, my own amateur scouting acumen here. He makes plays every time he's on the field that I've seen. This dates back, I think I we talked about him last offseason. Whether it's on D or special teams, he just makes plays. Why has he not been part of this whole competition? It seems like he's just been buried since he's been on the 49ers. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think we've talked about Shane Scove in the past, but um, you know, from day one, when this team started practicing in April— 
Shane Scove has been buried. He's been way down the, the depth chart. I mean, he's, he's even played some safety uh, early on with this team. So uh, that, that, that tells you all you need to know. Um, for some reason, they decided that uh, he's not part of the competition. Now, is there time for him to crawl back in? Um, he certainly took advantage of Ballor's injury the other night. He had a really nice uh, game, like he like he normally has in the preseason. So uh, I'm not sure what it is exactly about Shane Scove that uh, made them decide that he wasn't going to be part of this three-man competition. But um, you know, when, when he gets an opportunity to be uh, the guy, he he usually shows up, as he noted. He's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Matt. Always so great to have Matt Barrows on and his insight and just uh, such a nice guy, too. Yeah, he really is the best. One more thing about Cap. And this you is, just can't let this go. I like well, it. It's just that it's so clear to me that Blaine Gabbard is a backup NFL quarterback and a fine backup NFL quarterback. And I like the guy, and I think I understand why the coaching staff would like him. But he's not the guy that's going to take you to the playoffs. He's not going to take the 2016 49ers into the playoffs. I think that's clear. It's clear to me, at least. And here's the thing with Kaepernick that might be overlooked a little bit. And it's that he was obviously hurt at some point last year. And it was before whatever week six because he didn't play after that, right? right. So if he was playing hurt and with maybe the worst coaching staff we've ever seen. And you know, worst offensive line. And a terrible – right. So – if you start rolling all of that back, then you're starting to look at 2012, 2013, 2014 Kaepernick. If the worst Kaepernick is, is his 2014 season, that's head and shoulders above what Blaine Gabbard is. So if he's healthy, if that arm truly is healthy, and hopefully it's just, you know, it was a little bit sore because he came off the injuries and wasn't throwing a lot, and now he's back, he's just a better quarterback. And even if he has his mistakes, Blaine Gabbard wasn't, Blaine Gabbard wasn't even Alex Smith, you know? It's almost like the storyline with Gabbert is that he's super efficient and he's going to run the offense and it's all. No, he's missing the running backs out of the backfield. He's got this crazy sinker. The ball comes out of his hands so weird and just the ball, as soon as it leaves his hands, it just wants to hit the ground. It's just the way he throws is flawed and weird. And Kaepernick has at least a spark. There's something that he can do that can be above average in the NFL. And I don't think Gabbert can. And I think it's going to be clear once they both get extended time, if Kaepernick's healthy. So that's all I'm going to say with that. You know, and and you know me, my daughter has a a Kaepernick jersey. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, over the weekend, it it was a red seven jersey. And on sale (laughs) was a white seven jersey. And I bought it for my daughter because I'm with you, dude. I think he's obviously the, the best chance for this 49er team going forward. If he's healthy, he's going to be on the field. Way to buy low on the cap jersey, too. Dude, it was. It was Smart on sale. Pickup. It was like 75% off. <laughs> and it was upsize. You know, she had a two, and now I had to get her the three. Or the decision maybe has already been made, and cap really has no shot. And it'll be, in my mind, it'll be in your mind, and it'll be overwhelming from the fans and media. And the 49ers, it's very real possibility they could struggle out of the gate. I, that whole backup quarterback thing. I almost want whoever doesn't win the job to get traded just because I w- it'll be so annoying to have that hanging yeah. over. And even for the 49ers management and coaching staff to have, that'll be the first question every time any coach gets in front of a microphone, the 49ers aren't playing well. Oh, what about backup quarterback? You know, whoever it is. And yeah, on a losing team. He's the most popular guy in town. And with the fans, it'll be even more popular if cap is that backup and right. Gabbard's the starter. Cause the fans obviously have decided as they've already invested <laughs> in their cap jerseys as you have. 
Okay, listen, I don't know if you read a lot of the uh, comments on, on the recap on CSN, but I read multiple recaps that were like, hey, they really need to give Ponder a serious look. This guy's legit. <laughs> it's like, wow. Come I love on, it. guys. No, that's awesome. He did something. He almost, <laughs> he so severely underthrew that last touchdown. And oh, I know. what was, I don't know what that defense was. It was obviously, you know, whatever, third teamers, fourth teamers, but there was no safety at all in the middle of the field. And he almost underthrew that ball terribly. But, hey, he came in and, and he did something. I mean, that was yeah. – I can't blame anybody for – I mean, and I, you know what? It's funny because I liked Christian Ponder coming out of Florida State, and I didn't think he was a top half of the first-round player, but I thought he was, you know, second-round guy you pick up and kind of develop. I, I liked I liked Ponder, and he doesn't have a cannon arm or anything. But he's got some athleticism, and it's really hard because Blaine Gabbert went through that. When you go to a bad football team and you just get beat up and you're young and you're unprepared for it as a – football player and as a human being, it's just hard. So I, I'm down with giving those guys a second chance, but we've seen a full year of Gabbert and I, he's a backup quarterback and I, I'm sure Ponder is probably the same, but I can, I understand because just seeing a guy make plays, he made plays and yeah. our quarterbacks haven't been doing that in the first two preseason games. So I can't really get on people for that, but they have to be, and fans are crazy too. I mean, just when I worked at KMBR, listen and screening phone calls was my first job I ever did there. And you realize how insane human beings are. <laughs> And especially when it comes to sports, like what is wrong with you people? And message boards are exactly that. Just that the most insane 1% of the population is just like going crazy. It's, it you is know, what it is. Is somebody doing something at the end of a game? If he comes in with the starters and starts blowing people away, you know, hey, I mean, he deserves, he earned a look. I, I will say that he earned a look, but that's it. Yeah. But I mean, and maybe, you know, he, he plays well again here in this, in this third game, maybe he gets a chance at the end of the game, does it, and another team has an injury, and then, yeah, like you said, the Niners declare a quarterback, they trade the other guy, and then, boom, all of a sudden, Christian Ponder is the backup quarterback of the 49ers. Right. It's a possibility. Oh, absolutely, and maybe he plays so well that they are able to trade somebody or, or they're not worried about losing one of their quarterbacks. That can make total sense. And maybe, you know, because if Cap doesn't win the job, I think he'll be more in demand than Gabbert would be, and if, say, right. some teams – has an injury, you know, there's still a couple of preseason games left. And if some star quarterback gets hurt and they don't have a veteran on the roster, he's um, just so expensive. He could be in demand. Right. And the 49, here's the thing is the 49ers can, they obviously don't want to as witnessed by the uh, whole Denver thing in the off season, they don't want to eat money. But if you want to get something back and you want to move a guy off your roster, they might have to eat some of that contract and they can afford it under the salary cap. So yeah. the, the, the salary thing could be overcome on the 49ers side. If the other team can't take him on. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, and you know, real quick before we get out of here, um, running backs. I don't know um, if you, you know, caught the whole Sean Drone thing and, and his rib injury, and he had the blue jersey on today at practice, so they, they couldn't hit him. But uh, that, I think that really would pave the way for Mike Davis, who looked good in the first preseason game, but then he came out and then had those two fumbles in in, uh, in the second preseason game. And I, again, I don't know if you saw the video of of the stripping practice that they had where. The ball protection. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely see that coming, and I'm not surprised at all. And, dude, you cannot fumble the ball. And that yeah. was such a massive – because nobody had more positive vibes going into that game. It's like, Mike yeah. Davis, he's back. He's going to win the – you know, and Drone was out. And you're like, oh, at first I didn't realize Drone was even out of the game. I was like, oh, Mike Davis is already running with the twos now. And then the fumbles. But here's the thing is his roster spot was saved because Dewan Harris fumbled again. So Yep. <laughs> And Kelvin Harris or Kelvin Taylor didn't do anything to to kind of push himself up that ladder either. So, and I wonder it, how much contact. I get the feeling that Chip Kelly he knows he runs 
high tempo, so he doesn't want to kill his guys in training camp. There might have been a little bit less contact than normal. So maybe that's yeah. just a natural, you know, a natural reaction to not having a lot of contact. And then all of a sudden you're getting hit for real. And it's like, oh, okay, I got to hold on to that ball. And so, yeah, we'll, well yeah, see if that's a trend. We- that obviously can't happen. When there's no contact, you're going to run with the ball a little bit differently because you can run faster and you can impress the coaches a little bit more. I think you're totally right. That's all I got, man. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Yeah. yeah, let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's put this thing on hold until uh, until the future, until until maybe there are some cuts on this team, which right. is supposed to happen on the 30th. I'm hoping for the 49ers to start hotter against the Packers. Mm-hmm. See some of these uh, wide receivers make some plays, and then uh, here's that alternate scenario. Are you ready? 49ers trade for Gordon. Cap takes over after Gabbert's rough start to the season. Boom. Cap plus Gordon, week five. They're out for the first four weeks. 49ers win out, make the playoffs after an own four start. You know, oh, they could beat the Rams in week one. We call it a one and three start. It's not as good for my scenario. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but it's more real. Thinking like a screenwriter here. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, see, that's why we're going to be co writers on this thing. I got <laughs> to proofread. You got to bring it back. It okay. Out. I'd need a big car flip scene, too, at some point. Yeah, right. Go on two wheels first. <laughs> I hope Michael Bay's available to direct this thing. <laughs> we need some white doves out there. All right. You can find him at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Thanks to Matt Barrows for coming on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Everyone on Twitter, iTunes, subscribe, review the show. Even if you don't give us a written review, you don't have to write a book. Hit the stars. You know, Give us a whatever stars rating if you like the show. Email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com or on the Instagram as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you in two weeks. I'm, I'm out of town next week, unfortunately. So, If there's anything big that happens, though, we can probably put out a quick little show. We'll do something. We'll be able to do something if something major happens. So, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. See you. See you.